life as we know it is so often filled with both, both sadness and sweetness. You know, 2021 had lots of sadness for a lot of people, and for many, even 2022 began with a difficult note. And our world seems to be filled with difficulties and distractions and division. But in the midst of much of the sadness, I think we can actually experience sweetness if we're paying attention to it. I was reminded this week of the sweetness in an unlikely spot. I have, I have a type A personality, a very driven, go, go, go personality. I want a lot of tasks. I want it to do list. I want to get it done. I want to climb a mountain and not even look back and go, well, the next one, let's go. And I, and I, I want to do all the things. I don't even know what the things are, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, I got things, and you got to do them, and you got to accomplish them. And then as soon as you finish it, then you got the next thing and the next thing, and you just go. And that's just like, ah, yeah, let's go. And, and I've drinking too much coffee today. Sorry. And so that's my wiring. That's how, I'm, that's how I go. But I was reminded in a unique spot. I'll keep his name separate for just for privacy's sake. But it, I was visiting a member of Mission Grove who's been in a care facility for a while. And he was just moved to hospice. And so I went to pay him a visit. You know, that's one of the things, right? Okay, go see the person, do the thing, okay. And I go and I show up and they placed him outside. And he's not very audible or auditory or responsive right now. And so I sat down, and we were in a dual rocking chair. And I was like, so what, what do you do in that moment if someone's not speaking? And so I decided to play music on my phone. So I started playing some classic rock, some, some Elvis, some Sinatra, things I thought he might like. And then I started playing some hymns. And there... In the stillness of the moment, <laughs> he fell asleep and he put his head on my shoulder. And for about an hour, we just sat and rocked and listened to music. Weather was perfect, not a cloud in the sky. There was a fountain that was both calming and made me have to go to the bathroom a little bit. <laughs> and we're sitting there and I'm like, wow, I'm so hurried, I'm so, so rushed, right? And I'm just sitting there. And the song, It Is Well With My Soul, comes on, and, uh, and I thought he was asleep. This gentleman was asleep, and, and I thought he, well, he was not speaking. And to my surprise, like, he started humming, It Is Well. And I don't, I'm not really a teary person for the most part. Um, but I'm just sitting there in the rocking chair, no one around. <laughs> I just experienced this sweetness, right? Maybe some of you have experienced that. Maybe it's a moment tucking in a child. 
having a conversation or being in nature. That moment where everything stops <laughs> and you just feel grateful that you got to experience that. It's been said that time is measured in minutes, but life is measured in moments. And I know for me, going into 2022, I want more moments like that. I want more moments of sweetness. Because the world is filled with sadness. It really is. And so as we turn, we call today Vision Sunday. Now the vision for our church really doesn't change. The vision and heartbeat of our church of why we exist is that we exist as Mission Grove Church to help every man, woman, and child experience Jesus. And we like to say that we believe God is for you, which means we are for you and together we can be for the community. While that doesn't change, that's, that's our North Star, that's where we're going, we like to refocus and realign every year behind a theme. Because when you do that, when you pick a theme, when you pick a word as an organization, as a, as a family, as a church body, a, a theme really gives you two things. It gives you attention and it gives you direction. Last year about this time, I was weird enough to try to give the author and speaker Bob Goff a call, and he was crazy enough to pick up. And we had about a 15-minute conversation, and he's a New York Times bestselling author and, 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 and writer, and, uh, and he took 15 minutes to have a conversation with a young pastor. And, and he shared a crazy story. He said he was a pilot, and he said when he was flying from Phoenix back to San Diego where he lives, at one point his instruments and his plane, his little tiny plane, all went out. And they started laughing. I'm like, I don't know if I would have laughed in that moment. And, and I said, well, what'd you do? And he said, well, you know, I was, it was kind of stormy. The clouds were there. And so I just took the plane higher. I evened the wings. And I got above the clouds to where I could see the lights of San Diego. And I said, I'm going that way. And I feel like that's a great picture of sometimes what we need to do when we face troubled times, when we face uncertainty, when the instruments seem to go out, that what we can choose to do collectively is to level the wings, take a moment to go above it all, spot the horizon, spot the distance, and say, I'm going that way. And that's what we want to do as a church. We want, to, we want to take our attention, we want to take our direction and say, this is who we are. This is who we want to become, and this is where we're going. Last year, for example, our word was empowered. And we shared that we are empowered to go, we are empowered to love, and we're empowered, and we challenge people to fill in the blank. And we saw some pretty incredible stories about people walking in their purpose and living out their calling. As an organization, we saw some really exciting things. Probably the most notable one was that for us to be empowered mean it goes beyond us. And so we made the intentional decision, and God provided, to where we decided as a church to plant our first church. And which, by the way, uh, Grafted Church, launching sometime later this year, had their first public Bible study last week, and they had 38 people come out. And so we can clap for that. That's awesome. That's exciting. And we're praying for that. And that came out of the heartbeat of our church, the name Mission Grove 
It's about multiplication and, and this idea of being empowered, empowered believers led to that. And so you can see that as an example. And so this year, as we lean in, as we pray, and, and I say I don't take this lightly. I, I spent much of this first month uh, in prayer and fasting, and it's not to say like, hey, I did this or that. It's I want you to know this is personal for me. And we spent time with our team and planning and praying and processing here. And so where we believe God is leading us, where we believe God is taking us as a church can be summed up in one word here in 2022, and it's this, more. More. And it sounds vague and it sounds simplistic, but here's where I got there. Here's how I got there, is that we live in an age right now where our culture is saying more stuff, more things, more power, more popularity, do this and you'll, you know, you'll achieve that. You know, if you, if you have this car, this house, this position, this title, enough likes, enough shares, you will be noticed, you will be loved, you will be celebrated, and, and we think we need more stuff. And at the same time, I can't remember in 15, 16 years of ministry life a time where there was more division, more distraction, and more difficulties that people are walking through. Did anyone else feel like when this thing started, we're like, oh, I can't wait for this whole pandemic thing to be done? And now, two years later, yes, two years, right? So much for the two-week thing, right? And you're like, isn't this over yet? Right? And if it's not health-related, it's, it's relationship-related, it's financially-related, it, and, and we're politically divided, and, and it's inflation, it's, it's social awareness, it's, it's problems, it's, it's whatever, you fill in the blank. And, and there's so much uncertainty and so in the midst of all this uncertainty, I found myself praying for clarity. And, and the only prayer I could come up with is, God, I want more. Our country needs more of you. My family needs more of you. I need more of you. And it wasn't like this bold declaration thing of, of just like, here's this, we're taking here, here's our strategy to go do it. It's just, God, I don't know. But you do, <laughs> open hands. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm asking for, God, but I need more of you. And as we started praying as a team, as we started working through this as a team, and, and just personally, as I started opening through the scriptures, I actually saw this theme of more continually come up. And I want to spend the, ne- the rest of the morning together discussing and talking about how this idea of more is at the very heartbeat of who God is. I want to share with you three things and three specific prayers that we are praying more of and more for here in 2022. The first thing that we're praying for is that we need more God. That seems almost like a cop-out, doesn't it? Like it seems almost like too easy. But before you go, yeah, 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 John, okay, it's a church. Okay, we need more God. Let us remember that sometimes what we need can be answered in the simplest form. 
and there was so much noise that we find ourselves searching everywhere but up. Let me give you a couple examples of where this idea is thread throughout Scripture. Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. Paul's praying. He's in prison. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. And he's praying. He says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. We're going to pause there for a second. Now, he could have just said, according to God, according to him. That would have been enough. According to Jesus, who can do some things. According to Jesus, who can preach. According to Jesus, who can heal. According to Jesus, who can feed the 5,000, make the lame walk. According to Jesus, that can die on the cross. He could have said those things, but he said, who is able. Not just who is able, but who is able to do not just more, but far more. And not just far more, far more abundantly. This idea of abundance, you can see it also in John 10. When Jesus is speaking and he talks about being the good shepherd and that, and that here he is and he's, he's sharing his heart, sharing his life. And it says that a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come and to give you life and life abundantly. This is a life of vitality, a life of fullness. I have come so that you can experience the fullness of of life, And it says that a God who can do far more abundantly than any of that, than any that we can ask or any that we can imagine or even think. And we can think about a lot of stuff, right? There are entire genres of movies and storytellings of entire worlds that exist out of our minds. He says, nope, beyond that. Let me give you exhibit A. Think about our universe, The universe is so big that we haven't yet discovered all the galaxies that exist, that came into play when God spoke it into existence. Think about this for a moment. At the beginning of creation, God created entire galaxies that then we, then he was waiting for our technology to catch up to where we could just see them. Then there are galaxies beyond anything that we're going to ever see, which means that God created entire galaxies that exist simply because he wants them to and because he can. Because if you think about the universe and if it's the purpose is for our glory, the universe is way too big. But if the purpose is for the glory of God, then it's just the right size. And then it's that same power saying, hey, look up to the skies. You think you've seen the end? You think you've seen the best? You think you've seen the greatest? I can do abundantly more than that. I did all the creation in seven days. What can I do with your life? Because notice that phrase there. It says, according to the power at work within us. Hold on a second. (laughs) This is not just the power of creation. This is not just the power of salvation. This is actually within us. It says, verse 21, to him be the glory in the church. Wait, where does that power live? Here. This is an in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Guess what, church? We're in the verse. We made it. We're in the extra credits of the movie. You ever had a friend who got to be like an extra in a movie? Oh, yeah, I was on set. 
It was awesome. Did they pay you? No. How long? I was there for three weeks in an alien costume. But when you scroll down, right well, there I am, Alien 72. And they're so excited. Why? Because their name made the credits. We made the credits. And that means that prayer, that power is still available to us. Because the same God that created the universe now is saying that power is within you. That power is specifically within the church and with us for all generations forever and ever. Amen. Meaning this is true or I believe this. This simply is a prayer for more. Now, one response to praying for more could be one of pride, right? Like if you got the power universe, you're like, okay, what's up? Get the power in me. Yep. So, bah. Oh, it didn't zap. Okay, I'll work on that. Okay. And we, but here's the thing. All throughout Scripture, the first response that people had to the power of God was not pride, but humility. There's a story in John 3. We, we're, we know John 3 for John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But as you continue that story in Nicodemus, it goes back to the story of John the Baptist, a cousin of Jesus. And he is baptizing people, and Jesus comes along, and he starts baptizing people, and they start asking him questions. And John the Baptist points to the Savior and says, there he is. And he gives this imagery of a bridegroom and a bride. And he's saying, when you go to a wedding, it's not about the friend that introduces them. It's about the bride and the groom. Some of you know Larkin, who gets up here a lot of times and, and is our service host and kind of production coordinator, and, and, or you might know Edwina, who does all of our online and our print work and all this other stuff. And so Edwina's son, um, Connor, or Larkin's brother, got married last night. And so they're, they're, they're out east, and they had a beautiful wedding. And can you imagine for a moment if one of their friends, like as the girl was walking down the aisle. Just to clarify, Connor did not get married to Larkin. That sounds kind of weird. I said that. Connor, the brother, got married. Okay, anyway, so anyway, so Connor got married, and the family was all there, and Larkin's there, and Edwin's there, and the whole family. And can you imagine, though, for a moment, if the bride is walking down the aisle, and the friend pops out and goes, hey, I know them. Huh? Huh? Friend, right here, friend. Everyone would look like, what are you doing? <laughs> But yeah, we do that in church all the time. It's about Christ and the bride of the church and, and introducing people to who God is. And then we jump in and be like, hey, look at me. <laughs> but John the Baptist doesn't do this. Like, he has a following, he has authority, he has a reputation. And his response to the power of God is this in John 3.30. He says, he must increase, but I must decrease Another way of saying that, I need more. Jesus is speaking, and in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 to 13, Jesus says this. He says, and I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. It says, for, for everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? I mean, it's a good prank if <laughs> it's not a real serpent. Anyway, um, he continues on and he says, Or what if he asks, if a child asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? 
It says, if you then who are evil, oh, that's subtle. <laughs> if you who are messed up, who are broken, have issues, if you who have all kinds of shortcomings here, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And notice that last phrase. He's ready to go. He's ready to, how much more to give you that power, give you that spirit. But to who? To those who ask him. John 1.12 talks about for those who believe. Our sons and daughters of God. Yes, you were made in his image, but you have to claim that belief. Take hold of that belief. Paul in 1 Timothy 6 talks about taking hold of the eternal life to which you've been called for me 2022. I do not want to sit on the sidelines passive, but I want to be active and take hold of the life that God's called me to. And in short, I want more. And in case you think of yourself, man, I'm not worthy. If God, if God knew, man, I've messed up. I've already broke all my resolutions. I've already got all kinds of hangups. I doubt, I question. I'm not great at disciplines. I've got addictions. I'm having issues here. And oh, he values you so much more than you realize. In fact, he says this in Matthew 6, 25 and 26. He says, therefore, I will tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Man, that verse applies today, doesn't it? It says, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on and is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? We need more of God, and we have to understand that God values you more than you think. And for those who claim him as Lord and Savior, it then gives us this new creation, this new identity. And we find in Romans 8, 37 to 39, it says, No, that in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor COVID, nor vaccines, nor mass, not mass, inflation, troubles, job loss, relationship brokenness, sinful behaviors, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the very love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. When I say that we want more of God, what I mean is that we need to him to be more present in our lives and we need to be aware of that that means more prayer more opportunities to pray more people praying often and regularly more scripture more time in his word more worship more music more things online where we're sharing the hope and not just social media but social ministry and more connection and and checking in with one another and more just humbling ourselves saying we must decrease this year and God must increase and it starts with our acknowledgement of him so our first prayer is for more God the second prayer we have is for more love 
It's for more love because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Paul is a guy who is in prison and he's writing to the church in Philippi and he writes these words as a prayer in Philippians 1, 9-11. He says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. He threw in an extra more. It says, And with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ into the glory and praise of God. We have a relational God, and we need each other. Now more than ever, we need each other. We need to be more intentional in our relationships. Jesus is talking to his disciples in some of his final days. And in John 15, he has this imagery of I am the vine and you are the branches. And he says this here in John 15 too. It says that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Mm, I don't like that one. (laughs) Some of us are walking through some difficulties because God's doing some pruning right now. I don't like it. But why would God do that? Why would God challenge us? Why would God discipline us? Why would God walk us through some difficult times? And it says here that in every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more. Those moments, the sweetness that we're looking for, can be found if we take intentional actions of love to serve or give to one another. A simple text, a phone call, coffee with a friend, a, a, a handwritten card, a dinner delivered. This is something that I want to improve at personally. It's what I want to get better as an organization. We've already done like a little mini staff retreat this month. We did a staff dinner trying to be more intentional in reaching out to people because we need each other. And if we're going to focus on the sadness, we can be overwhelmed real quick. But if we can focus on those moments of sweetness, those little intentional actions that we can take, we're going to experience more and more of God's love in a practical way. And the last thing that we're praying for is for more disciples. More disciples. We're called to make disciples, people who follow Jesus, people who practice this, people who go and teach others. We see this as the early church began to grow. It says in Acts 5.14, it says, And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Later in the book, in Acts 12.24, it says, But the word of God increased and multiplied. One of my favorite verses, 2 Timothy 2, 2, it says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This means that this good news of God, this good news of love is not meant just for us. We don't just gather for who's here. We gather for the empty chair next to you. That God has placed you in your relationships, your friendships, your workplace to bring light and hope and sweetness into those relationships because we're called to go make and multiply disciples. What does that mean for us? It means that as an organization, we're going to be doing more opportunities to serve. 
more opportunities to go out outside of this ring. We're going to plant another church this year. We're going to go outside just this little bubble and be serving downtown and with different ministries. We're going to be going building a house for a family in Mexico and ministering down there. And then globally, we're still in talks and partnering with this organization called the Timothy Initiative, which was named after that very verse I just read to you. And they are planting churches by the thousand. And it's insane. And so it's not just us working, asking God to bless it, but instead find out where God is moving and join his mission. And God is moving and God is planting and God is multiplying. And so we have the privilege of partnering with churches from all over Arizona where we're going to be over the next four years, we are going to plant 4,000 churches in some of the most unreached people groups in all of the world. So we're starting here. We're doing engaging and equipping opportunities to, to really understand what does it mean to be a disciple. Because when I talk to people, the two biggest barriers people have to making disciples is number one, they're afraid, and number two, they don't know how. And so when I say more disciples, what we're going to try to do is try to alleviate that fear as well as equip and empower people to go and do that. So that means more classes, more groups, ways to get connected. That means more online content to share and to to go through with people and more time in the word and more opportunities to do that because every single person here is called to be a disciple maker, someone to love and invest in the next generation, someone to love and invest in your neighbors and in the workplace. And when you go through that, you can see. And now the question then is, okay, John, but where do I start? And here are three things you can do right now today. Number one is that you can plant the gospel. This is what it means to have more God. It starts with time. Maybe it's time in his word. Maybe it's listening to it as you drive. It's a walk in nature. It's listening to music, putting that worship song on repeat. It's time in prayer. It's time alone. And just that intentional connection, just going empty-handed and open-handed to God and saying, I need more of you. Start by planting that. If you don't like the fruit in your life, you've got to start planting better seeds. <laughs> Secondly, we can grow in community. This is more love, more love. We can be the body. It's crazy that Jesus himself told us that the world will know that you follow him based on how you love one another. And then we find ourselves saying, oh, what should we do? Imagine how your world will change if you just try to invest in one relationship a week. A card, a note, a phone call, a meeting. Just one intentional action to show love to someone. And then lastly, you can multiply through service. We have lots of ways for you to connect. We're going to be taking that uh, mission trip to Mexico. I encourage you to sign up. For you and your family, registration is now open. We're going to have serve projects, downtown, homeless, uh, Hope Kids, Ohana, helping foster care, local community fairs, service things. Yes, we're going to do those. But even at the individual level, you can take that step to invest in somebody else's life today. And so it starts here. It starts now. And it starts with us simply asking God, God, I want more in 2022. Dear Heavenly Father, 
We thank you. We thank you that we can come and we can sing. We can study your word. We thank you for the sweet moments. It's my prayer that in 2022 we don't miss that. That we can embrace the everyday things, the mundane things, but done with intentionality that become special. We don't come out with a big, grandiose plan, but just simply a humble cry. We need more of you, God. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.